everybody. All right. Hello. Welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and the occasional listener story. So please, please, please send your stories to talkcrooked at gmail.com. Yeah, send them. So I have something that's intensely adorable. Yay! Um, <laughs> this is I can from, use that. <laughs> this is from <laughs> wolfybuzz.com. And it was posted five days ago. I don't see an author. Um, okay. Baby Bear gets in trouble with his mom for peeking into people's window. Oh! <laughs> that's so cute! Right? Early the other morning, Summer Walsh... Hey! Had- that's creepy! <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Aww. <laughs> Early the other morning... Summer Walser Williams and her husband were woken up by the sounds of an adorable visitor to their North Carolina home. Oh, I love bears. Me too. I know that they're dangerous, but I don't care. <laughs> they're so cute. Oh, turns out if there was if there, if there was a if there was an opportunity to shrink an animal and have it as a house pet i would totally pick a bear yes me too oh my god just a house bear <laughs> turns out with. turns out it was the cutest peeping tom <laughs> we heard clanging outside our bedroom window that backs up to our front deck williams told the dodo Sure enough, when I put the front deck lights on, there was a cub at the front door. Oh! And he's just standing. Hello! at the door. (laughs) It smells like hot dogs in there. Can I please come in? (laughs) As Williams and her husband looked on in amazement, the curious cub stood upright and peached through their window. Rather than be offended they were woken up at the crack of dawn, the couple was delighted. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> we remember thinking, this is totally cool. But not everyone... This is the most delightful way to wake up. Yes. <laughs> Fuck my neighbor's rooster who decides to come crow outside my window. Yes. Two houses away. Send me an adorable bear. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but not everyone was so pleased by the baby bear's boldness. Oh. After a few moments, the cub's mom climbed up onto the deck, catching her baby in the act of what she evidently considers a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> and they caught hey! it on video. It's really cute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For Someone's Williams, grounded. Yes. For Williams, herself a parent of two young children, the bear mom's reaction to her wayward kid was one she understood completely. Yeah. (laughs) It was so relatable. That's my daily experience with my own children, Williams said. I think that's what made the video so great. (laughs) It showed that some aspects of parenting are uniform across species. Yes. (laughs) Literally universal. Yes. The bear picks the cub up by the scruff of the neck and just walks off with it. (laughs) Oh, so this was a little cub. Yes. Like a really little cub. Really little. Oh! <laughs> Williams imagines the bear mom's message so to her cub. Yes. Williams imagines <laughs> the bear mom's message to her cu- her cub was something like this. I have told you a hundred times not to bother people. 
<laughs> Leave people alone. That's going to be <laughs> what we say to our children. Um, Leave people alone. Yes. <laughs> Afterward, the bears wandered off into the darkness, ending a visit that Williams and her, hus- her husband won't soon forget. No, never! Hopefully, the cub now understands that it's best to keep his distance from people. <laughs> that wouldn't be the only <laughs> lesson learned. These visits oh. are just reminders that we are just as much guests in their homes as they are to ours. Exactly. Yes. Oh, sweet baby cub. He's so oh, I just want to snuggle. <laughs> oh, that's so, so cute. cute. That's so cute. Right. I thought oh. that was just so intensely adorable. I always want to be woken it. up by a bear cub. <laughs> I always want to be woken up by a tiny bear cub. Yes. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> oh. <coughs> that's so cute. All right. <coughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. I told you to quit smoking. Oh, I just can't quit. <laughs> um, all right. So this is from abcnews.go.com. It was by Ivan Piera, and it was published August 16th of 2020. Man punches great white shark to save wife. You just react. <laughs> oh, no. A man took matters into his own fists when a great white shark attacked his wife while they were out surfing on yes! an Australian beach. I sent this to you. You did? did? I? I thought I did. Or are you following bananas? Mm-mm. I just happened to find this on Offbeat. Oh, you found it? Oh, yeah. my God. I, yeah. I, this, they posted about this on one of the weird news things that I follow. So, oh, yeah, neat. I saw this one. <laughs> I saw the headline. I didn't read the article. Yeah. It's, it's great. But I was like, ooh, badass. Yeah. Where was it again? What is it? Was it Australia? Australian. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course it was Australia. Yes. <laughs> Land of the badass. Yes. <laughs> Mark Rapley and his wife, Chantelle Doyle, were spending the day at Shelley Beach at Port Macquarie, New South Wales. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> when the shark, which was <laughs> described as being between six and ten feet, attacked Doyle Good and threw her God. off her surfboard. Yeah. Oh, my God. Rapley told the Nine Network he paddled to his wife's board as she tried to climb back up while the shark grabbed her <gasps> right calf. Ah! Rapley grabbed onto his wife's surfboard and began punching the shark until it let her go. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. If you don't oh love God. me like this, don't I mean, even bother fair. dating me. <laughs> yeah, like, th- I mean, oh, my God. Mm. No, my husband would wet himself. <laughs> We would not be in the ocean. I mean, that's... Yeah. This would never happen. (laughs) We would never be in this situation together. Oh, my God. When you see the mother of your child and your support, everything that's who you are, so you just react, he told the channel. Yeah. Your body reacts to saying, get off, get off. So you start punching it. You start thinking amazingly where to punch it. And so you're like, I'll just attack the eye or whatever. You just start thinking differently. I've heard that you should punch them in the nose. Yeah. Actually, because they're like, they're kind of like scavengers. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the reason they attack divers and, like, um, surfers and stuff is because you're usually just, like, floating. Mm-hmm. And so they think you're dead. Yeah. And, like, once they realize you're alive and you punch them like that, usually they'll let go. But then, like, blood happens. So you've got to get out of the water really fast because they go blood crazy. Yeah. Uh, so 
she ended up being airlifted to a hospital and had surgery. Um, but she's in pretty oh. good spirits, still strong, and good. hopefully all fine oh. from here. She didn't lose her leg? Uh, it doesn't say. Um, I'm going to assume that she didn't lose it because they, I feel like they would have said that she lost her leg. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So hopefully she still has it. I'm going to assume she does. Yeah, um, we're gonna t- we're gonna write the end of that story and just say <laughs> yes <laughs> that it let go and her leg is still intact, just a little shredded. Yes. Oh yuck! So this last Ugh. one, this- and then everyone shit themselves. Yes, like that- <laughs> that's the end of that story, and they all had to get serious therapy mm-hmm. because you hear bottom, bottom in your dreams. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> um. Oh, it makes me think of that Soul Surfer movie. That was such a good movie. I've been having dreams lately that I've been drowning. Or, oh like, my God, being waterboarded. Kay. It's been really weird. Um, We should break that down in therapy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's not. <laughs> that sounds significant. Let's not. <laughs> no, you should. No, I think we I should had, leave that I alone. I had all kinds of... No, I had all kinds of dreams, like, before I moved and stuff, of, uh-huh. like, there not being doors on the apartment anywhere, and people just coming in and out, and, like, I had all kinds of crazy nightmares like that before a big transition. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder if it's transition-related. It probably is. Probably. My, um, my therapist is really cool about, like, listening to me talk about my dreams, which is great, because that's never happened. Um... That's awesome. Yeah, so maybe maybe I will bring it up, but like you should because <laughs> woo, that's intense. <laughs> that's very intense. All right, next. Um, okay, but this last one is from the L.A. Times, uh, and it was written by the Associated Press, and it was published August eighteenth, twenty twenty, and it's making me so hungry. Okay, it's raining oh, chocolate. <laughs> Factory glitch, just Swiss town and cocoa. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. In Switzerland? Uh-huh. Oh, so it's good chocolate. Yes. Oh! Why does this only happen in Switzerland? <laughs> because... We get meat showers here. Yes. Oh! Um. <laughs> Residents of the a closest Swiss- that we have is Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes, and I want to go so <laughs> fucking bad. Me too. Hershey's my favorite chocolate ever. We'll take, we'll me mine too. We'll take the kid yes. someday. <laughs> you and me. Okay. <laughs> yes, I want to get a chocolate massage. Um, oh, <laughs> what? Yeah, you can get That's a chocolate a thing? massage. Yeah. Oh my god, Kay. We're gonna have to go. Well, that trip just moved up because <laughs> <laughs> that sounds incredible. Yes. Oh my god! All right, let's okay. go. So, residents of a Swiss town got a bit of a shock when fine cocoa powder began falling from the sky after the <gasps> ventilation system... This morning! Yes. After the ventilation system at a chocolate factory malfunctioned. <gasps> In the best way! Yes. Oh my god! The Lindt and... It's amazing! Springley Company <laughs> confirmed local reports sure. Tuesday that there was a minor defect in the cooling ventilation for a line of roasted cocoa nibs and its factory in Alton. <gasps> and then everyone licked the air. Yes. And all was well with the world. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, this sounds magical. <laughs> the nibs, fragments of crushed cocoa beans, 
are the basis of chocolate. Combined with strong winds Friday morning, the powder spread around the immediate vicinity of the factory, leaving a fine cocoa dusting. (laughs) The company says one car was lightly and possibly deliciously coated. It has offered to pay for any cleaning. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Yes. Everyone just start licking. (laughs) Oh. It has offered to pay for any cleaning needed, but hasn't yet been taken up on the offer. No! Factory production was able to <laughs> They conti- licked it clean! Yes! <laughs> uh, factory production was able to continue as normal, and the company says the particles were completely harmless to people or the environment. Oh my god, just do it once a year as a national fucking holiday. That sounds amazing. Yes. Now, why can't the factories <laughs> here be like this? Anything they emit not being dangerous. Oh, <laughs> because we live in and a then- terrible place. Yeah, and then they offered to clean it up. How many companies actually do that? Because it's Switzerland, the most beautiful place on earth. Yes. Ugh. So that was I'm a moving there. <laughs> that was my <laughs> segment. I thought that was intensely adorable that was and fun. Great. And, and delicious. And now yeah. I want chocolate. Same. Oh God. Alright, let's take a quick break. Alright, so we're back. And we're back. <laughs> All right, so mine is not nearly as adorable as yours. Mine's pretty disgusting, but it's oh. fine. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to talk about people's hygiene during the French Re- French Revolution. Jesus Christ. Of course we are. <laughs> so this was written by Jim Rowley, um, and it was updated December 2nd, 2019. And this is, of course, from Ranker. We're going to hit the highlights because okay. I'm hungry after the, uh, after the chocolate explosion. <laughs> That we just talked about. So, um, all right. So today we think of 1700s era France as a period of unwashed and unparalleled squalor. While this is particular, this is partially a misconception, it does contain some truth. So during the 18th century, people's attitudes towards personal hygiene were laxer than they are today for a variety of reasons. In a world without the hundreds of modern conveniences we take for granted, personal hygiene was expensive... Mm-hmm. And logistically difficult to maintain. Yeah, sure it was. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, when it takes you two hours to prepare a bath, that's not really something you're doing every day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> besides that, experts of the time believed that it was being too clean that was unhealthy. Oh, <laughs> that just sounds like pandering to me. Yeah. <laughs> Towards no, no, you're right. No, it would be bad if you were. <laughs> if you didn't smell like shit. Um, <clears throat> that's bad for you. That's uh, so Towards bad. the end of the... Yeah. Towards the end of... Just throw some leeches on yourself and do cocaine about it. Um, <laughs> t- towards the end of the century, medical and scientific advances showed the benefits of cleanliness and hygiene was gradually understood to be beneficial. And then, of course, once that happened, it became less of a luxury and more affordable and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Despite this, cleanliness was still a luxury reserved for the elite for a long time. So, the French Revolution, from 1789 to 1799, was meant to secure more rights for all citizens, and it completely transformed the country's political landscape. However, it also changed the day-to-day aspects of French lives, including people's hygiene. Mm -hmm. So... Oh, so fascinating. So for many living in the 21st century, bathing is little more than a mundane habit. But during the French Revolution, hygiene 
was a political issue. Oh, of course because it was. everything, everything can be made into a political issue, apparently. Okay. Everything. <laughs> so, bathing was considered dangerous due to poor water quality. Oh, well, I, c- I could get that, yeah. Yeah, fair. A popular misconception about France in the 1700s was that no one bathed. One story even claims that Louis XIV only took three baths in his entire life. That's disgusting. No. He fucked a lot of people. Uh, yeah. uh, mm. In fact, Cheesy Louis dick. was per- particularly... Inv- so that it's not true, though. So, um, in fact, Louis... <clears throat> Louis was particularly invested in cleanliness and frequently ex- employed his Turkish bath at the Palace of Versailles. Good. <clears throat> um, most other people, however, did not bathe often because they didn't have a billion servants getting their baths ready for them every day. Yeah. Um, during much of the 18th century, most people had no access to clean water. So that was really bad. Um, regardless, because they were keeping all the wealth in the royalty. They weren't investing it in the country that was yeah. the issue that's why the french revolution <laughs> happened yeah because people were like living in their own shit literally mm-hmm. um most other people however did not bathe often during much of the 18th century most people had no access to clean water regardless pe- most people believed that bathing was unhealthy um popular belief held that opening the pores with hot water invited all manner of diseases into the skin Yuck. It's actually the opposite. Um, <clears throat> bodily filth served as a de facto protective layer against illness. <laughs> which is not true. No. Um, most most people simply took sponge or dry baths, rinsing their faces and nether regions, using as little water as possible. At least they did that. Yeah. Yeah. They kind um, of tried. Uh, uh. Uh, so bathing eventually became a political statement of course so the idea of bathing being a beneficial practice spread slowly just like how the benefit of wearing a mask is spreading slowly mm-hmm. <laughs> the idea of bathing being beneficial practice being a uh, i already read that okay so it was only in 1769 that scottish doctor will buchan buchan Buchan, probably. B-U-C-H-A-N? I don't know. Published Domestic Medicine, an instructional book urging people to bathe regularly. (laughs) He was just like, I can't do it anymore. (laughs) Um, Thank God for Scotland. By the 1780s, bathing bathing positivity, here we go, (laughs) was still new in France. Even if one did accept the health benefits of bathing, however, the practice was still only a realistic option for the rich. Running water did not yet exist, so collecting water required traveling to the closest available source, which was likely tainted, and carrying it back home to heat it. Yeah. So, yeah, not exactly accessible. Citizen access to bathing was so controversial that it became a motivator for the French Revolution. In 1793, the National Convention's Committee on Solubrity? Solubrity? I don't know how you say that. Um, Declared that good hygiene was a fundamental right of all healthy citizens. There you go. Yes. Okay, so here's what they did instead. (laughs) This is what I hate so much. Okay. <laughs> people 
doused themselves in perfume. Oh, We'll yuck. just cover it up. Just cover it up. Ugh. And then, can you imagine that everyone... <laughs> oh, God. So now you smell like bur- B.O. and flowers. Great. Ugh. That's better. <laughs> As you can imagine, infrequent bathing meant that people were often quite ripe. (laughs) Rather than accept persistent body odor, most people opted to mask their natural musk with perfume. So early in the 18th century, many believed that perfumes could contain a medicinal component, of course. Of course they did. Uh, So a wide... You know why? Because the perfume people said, hey, this will be... This is good for you. (laughs) So a wide variety of ingredients were included. Some recipes included fox lungs, viper flesh, wolf liver, bear fat, salamander ashes, or something called oil of worm. Yuck. (laughs) Other recipes contained precious materials like gold, silver, and pearls, or even bodily fluids. These perfumes would be applied all over the body and even combed into the hair. By the end of the century, perfumes were solely used for olfactory purposes. Perfumes would be dispersed with burners, and some wealthy homes featured perfume fountains. That sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) For someone who's allergic to perfume, this sounds terrible um the french aristocracy cannot go back to this time in history (laughs) no (laughs) the the french aristocracy loved their fragrances and spent lavishly on them one of marie antoinette's favorites contained 18 different ingredients oh my god it sounds amazing though oh yeah um 18 different ingredients including orange blossom pettigrain bergamot Lavender, lemon, galbanum, iris, violet, narcissus, lily, tuberose, vanilla, cedar, sandalwood, amber, musk, and benzoin. Wow, I would wear that. I would totally <laughs> wear that. That sounds like all the things that were in my that were in my stretch mark cream that I can't get anymore. That I smelled love, like love. Yeah, I love bergamot. I love sandalwood, lavender, orange blossom. Yeah, orange oh. blossom, lemon. All of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Y- yes to all. All right. <laughs> Here's the nastiest one. Okay. Everyone was lousy with lice. Oh. And so were their wigs. No. No. Yeah, no, girl. No. Yeah, girl. No. Another side, another side effect to infrequent bathing is lice. No. While today we think of lice as an itchy nuisance, lice has, have historically been responsible for fret spreading epidemics such as typhus. Um, that's also why, like, they wore wigs, first of all, and, like, you know, in the Renaissance, and, like, if you look back and watch the Tudors, like, women always had head coverings on and stuff mm-hmm. to cover the lice. Yuck. Um, it's so disgusting. To combat lice, the French nobility began shaving their heads and wearing elaborate powdered wigs, but this didn't stop the lice infestation, however. The lice simply went into their wigs. To make matters worse, recipes for hair products often contained ingredients that lice love to eat. Oh. One recipe for hair pomade included a pound of sheep suet, which is sheep fat, a pound of pig suet, 16 rosewater boiled apples, and rose oil, bay leaf, and rosewood oil, bay leaves, bergamot orange, and macassar oil. These lice-infected wigs would eventually be cleaned by boiling them or baking them in an oven. 
<laughs> Yuck. But, but powdered wigs were expensive and, like baths, weren't an option for most of the population. Good. So during the French Revolution, of elaborate powdered wigs were seen as a status symbol of the bourgeois and fell out of favor. Instead, members of the new regime adopted shorter haircuts. Good. Which is smart. Yes. Especially because everyone lived on top of each other, so lice were just, like, jumping from head <clears throat> to head. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, I'm, like, all right. holding my head right now. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. Oh. Um, so, we're going to talk about how... So, I mean... Uh, oh, bidets were new. So, this is when bidets became a thing. Mm-hmm. Bidets are very exciting. And we should all have a bidet. Yes. Because toilet paper is disgusting. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> Alright, this is the last one. So, um, hospitals were overcrowded and filthy. Of course So, hospitals in the 1700s era of France were quite different from those of today. An 18th century hospital was more akin to a shelter. Disadvantaged people, such as orphans and the poor, sought out hospitals for a meal and protection from the elements, as well as free medical attention. Conditions in these hospitals were abysmal. In 1788, French surgeon Jacques-René Tenon published Memoirs sur les hôpitaux de Paris. Or <laughs> Good job. Memoirs of the Hospitals of Paris, in which he described the realities of France's healthcare system. Paris's main hospital, the Hotel Dieu, I hope I'm saying that right, was, <laughs> was described as unsanitary, overcrowded, and susceptible to fires. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. The, a healthy person who needed a place to sleep would often bunk right next to a patient with a contagious disease. Oh, of course they would. Tenon's book, though, brought awareness to the issue, and one of the French Revolution's policy goals was the modernization of French hospitals. And real quick, uh, actually, I'm going to end with another one. Oh, they also, of course, like everyone was dumping their chamber pots in the streets, so mm -hmm. that was disgusting. Um, that's still like a thing. When I was in France, like a dude just like a businessman, like just whipped out his dick and like peed on the subway tracks. Oh. The, the subways in Paris smell like urine. It's yeah. so disgusting. Um, all right. So let's talk about bidets because this is exciting. Okay. Um, uh, so a, the bidet was a hot new bathroom feature. So the French word bidet translates to pony or small horse, um, a reference <laughs> to the way a person must straddle the bowl in order to use it. While the date of the bidet's initial creation is unclear, Christophe de Rosier did install one in the royal family's household in 1710. The first bidets were simply basins, since indoor plumbing was not yet invented. Mm -hmm. The French aristocracy loved bidets, and like many other hygiene-related products, bidets became status symbols. Napoleon even... It, I think a bidet is still kind of a status symbol. Yeah. Today. To be honest with you, um, Napoleon, yeah, it's like, ooh, uh, Napoleon even included a silver bidet in his will. <laughs> wow. After the French Revolution, bidets became popular in brothels, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, keep your shit clean. Um, if someone wasn't fortunate enough to afford a bidet, they simply had to use whatever was on hand. Oh, leaves, grass, newspapers, corn cobs, uh. seashells. Or their own hand. No. 
No. No! No! Oh, there's more about treating syphilis with mercury, but we've already talked about that, so we're just gonna go ahead and, uh... <laughs> we're just gonna go ahead and be done. Okay. <laughs> because we've, we've hit we've hit some of these in other... Yeah. In other, uh past crooked newses uh that you know they wore makeup to cover their like you know smallpox blemishes mm. and all that shit so yeah yeah it's fun how things like hygiene and things like disease like influence our po- our political our, our political atmosphere and fashion and all kinds of stuff it's just oh, yeah. so cool it's not cool right now no but it's cool <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's cool, cool after the and fact people- it's better when people let it ha- just let it happen. Yeah. You know? Just let it let it take its course. I almost feel like nature heard Trump say, "Oh, you know, the the environment matters a little bit, but we don't need to worry about that." And <laughs> and then was like, "Hey guys, we got to do something." Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We have to I'm bitch slap this guy. I'm good with masks. Like, let's keep them. I like people not yep. being able to recognize me when I leave Yes! Out. Yeah, not being able to recognize me, not breathing on me, yeah. staying away from me. Not looking at my teeth. All of that yeah. stuff. Like, like not I'm looking at my it. mouth while I'm talking. The lipstick industry will really suffer, though. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that today. I was like, well, I guess I don't need lipstick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of sad. I miss wearing a, a pretty red, a pretty red lip every now and then. Mm-hmm. But anyway, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, happy almost Thanksgiving. We hope you guys are staying safe. We hope you voted. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.